And welcome to Run or Cycle Events Podcast, Episode 5, as Stuart Weaver speaks with endurance runner and all-round nice guy Tom Wake. Tom tells us what it takes to make an ultramarathon podium finish and gives us an insight into his globetrotting adventures, from out-of-shape student to sub-three-hour marathon and a hundred-mile ultra runner. Tom, welcome. Thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and where you started and how you ended up as a, as an ultra runner? Yeah, sure. Um, the journey, um, it's, it's a bit sporadic, really. Um, I started, it was after university. I was trying to get fit and um, I was doing too many, I was DJing at the time, I was doing too many late nights and then I kind of put on these Velcro trainers, went out for a run trying to find my fitness and it was after that it really started ramping up um i I entered the great north run never run a half marathon before or anything like that i'd I'd run about three miles i think and i got a place so i had to sort of train for that trained sporadically um up to sort of 10 miles in rubbish trainers had knee issues and I, I still went and I did it and I did it under my target of two hours um, so I was happy with that I did I think it's 159.05 so it was close um, and then yeah running really took off when I moved to Ipswich in 2012 joined Ipswich Jaffa did um, a lot of the local races and over time just kind of built up the distance so um, I didn't rush into doing a marathon or anything like that. I was kind of happy with 10Ks, half marathons. And then um, I had my eye on doing a marathon, didn't get into London, as everyone applies every year. So I, I went for Paris and uh, got in for it. I was 2013 was my first marathon and loved it. There's something about, I don't know, the distance, the challenge. There was some... It, it went horribly wrong. Um, I was kind of walking at the end of it. Um, you, you speak to my mum, dad and wife at, now and they, they say I just look... They wanted to sort of cry for me at the end because I, I was just sort of pulling myself through this course. I looked horrendous. Um, but I completed it. I did a d- decent time. I trained hard for it, but I blew up totally. Um, and then I set myself a goal basically year after year do a marathon try and improve and in 2016 I think I was like I'm not doing an ultra uh, sorry I'm not doing a marathon I'm going to do an ultra and um, it was 33 miles on the um, seven sisters um, down in Sussex and um, I Went down there, trained in Suffolk on the flat, went down there, not really taking into account the elevation or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I put myself through this. I think it it took me somewhere between five and six hours to do 30-odd miles, um, which I was happy with, but it was hard work. Yep. And, um, yeah, I again, it was just the challenge. It was something I'd never done before, Um the scenery, the the hills, it was just something totally new. 
And even though by the end I was absolutely done in, it was just that mental challenge of getting yourself to the finish. And I loved it. And I've never looked back since. And I've just sort of, it's got bigger and bigger after that, really. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to ask around what's the difference. And I think you've probably answered it as you've spoken to us there, that the mental challenge I would imagine as you go through those distances is arguably tougher than the physical challenge. Would you agree with that? Or do you think it certainly plays a significant part? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the thing when you're racing or doing challenges that are long distance, they the distance doesn't become a thing. So I, in the last year, I did 200 mile events, um, one in July and one in August. But at no point is it the distance that bothers me, even though I don't train up to that distance. Um, I'll fit in some marathons and maybe some ultras in between up to 50 miles or 100k or something. But yeah, it is that mental challenge of, because I know kind of that I I can do the distance up to 100k, but then it's mentally kind of getting through it. And it's thinking about the nutrition, the the weather, like I have been cursed by weather. Um, I think last year I did three big challenges. Um, I did the Bob Graham round in the Lake District, the Lakeland 100 and the autumn 100 um and it rained on all of them for more than 12 hours at a time wow. and that's that mental challenge where you it's not easy like the terrain you're running on is tricky you're soaking wet you're having to get your waterproof out your pack you're having to think about your kit it's it's just throwing everything into the mix it's not just about running out there and you know knocking out even splits or anything like that which is a challenge in itself if you're doing a marathon and you want to pace it to perfection um it's just that extra kind of there's always some something that you've got to think about so how do you um i'm sure and i'm sure a lot of people that run the lesser distances as well or shorter distances sorry have equal mental challenges so you said it's not about the mileage distance for you there, as in knowing that it's 100 miles or 100k. It's the mental challenge of being out there. How do you what sort of trick, do you use any tricks or how do you maintain that mental strength as you're going through when you're finding it physically difficult? Um, I don't think about the distance. So I try and take that out of the equation. So if I'm running a marathon, I'll be checking my Garmin or I should say Sinto. <laughs> we can edit that, don't yeah. worry. I'll be checking. Uh, I'll be checking my watch um, every mile to see what pace I'm on and what the time is. Um, I I literally don't look at my GPS watch or anything. Okay. Um, keep that out of the way. So distance. That's one thing that I'm not worrying about. Mm. Um, the main thing for me is nutrition on those events because I know that if I'm getting further than a marathon or well, any distance in, it is it's that that's going to let me down. So that's where, if if you're not fueled correctly, you're going to hit the bad patches in an even worse place than um, you are anyway. Um, so yeah, it's uh, 
I'm sure um, yes. some people have just been starting training, I'm aware, for the uh, Star Valley Path. Mm. So what? Um, I mean, I'm sure they're listening ultra runners keen to get some tips from you about nutrition. So if you were doing a race such as that, how often would you eat and drink? How, what does that look like for you? Do you stop at the certain points and make sure you get that food on properly? How, what, how does it play out for you? Um, yeah, I've done the SVP uh, twice now in the last two years, and both times it's come slightly too close to the Lakeland 100, and, and I've had kind of mixed results um, due to that and how, how hard I've pushed myself. Um, I struggle personally to take gels on an ultra marathon. So if I'm taking, if I'm doing a marathon, I'll take a gel every um, after the first hour and then every half an hour, pretty much. Um, I just can't take them on the longer runs because they, I don't like the kind of texture of it. Yeah. I, you're out there for, well, up to twenty odd hours at a time it's a long time you you can't really fuel yourself in that way um what i try and do though is eat every half an hour um so as long as i'm taking something on um i because i do end up uh competing a lot of the time i um i do i don't stop in checkpoints very long so what i do is um i'll have my pack on I'll get a, I, I have, you. they'll give you a bag, um, I'll literally load it with food, yeah. put it in my pack, and then eat it at a later point, so whether that's, and it, a lot of the time it's real food, so it might be like small sandwiches, okay. um, sausage rolls, like mini sausage rolls, crisps, um, that sort of fuel, just yeah. to kind of snack on, yeah. um, and I'll continuously eat. In terms of uh, drinking, I always carry one, uh, well, I carry two 500ml soft flasks, yeah. one with electrolyte and one with water, and I will keep one electrolyte throughout the whole race because that helps to replenish your carbohydrates and um, replace some of the, like, the sodium and um, gives you those nutrients that you need. Mm. Um, so I'll carry a little bag of uh, white powder with me on the run, and... <laughs> um, and yeah, at, at aid stations, I'll literally get them to help me top it up okay. and um, yeah, just keep eating in that way and uh, fueling myself in that way. Okay. But even so, you're, you said you're competing there, so you don't stop necessarily for too long at the stations yeah. because of the competitive nature of where you're trying to place yourself. But the general message there is that the nutrition and the hydration is hugely important throughout that, isn't oh, it? Oh, massively. Um, I. I know when I've not fueled correctly and I know when I've gone off too hard and I'm not taking on enough because you're just flagging and, and it's hard at that point to... You need to eat before you're hungry, essentially. Before you feel like you need to eat, you, you need to eat. So that's why I do it on an, every half an hour or every hour, depending on the sort of event. Um, and it's also working out what works well for you. So I love like eating watermelon at aid stations and the SVP has that at some um salted crisps get that salt back into your nuts things like that but it might not agree with everyone so it's it's just working out what you can eat um some people might be fine on gels they just don't really do it for me in those events but I can do them for a marathon and that's fine 
So I guess that there's a little bit of advice in there in itself that people can test all of these stuff as they go into their long training runs or their back-to-back training runs yeah. for the SVP or whatever ultra they're doing. It's about trying what works for you, isn't it? Because everyone's individual. Massively. Um, yeah, you have to. Um, and the same thing won't work for everyone. Um, I It's taken me a while to kind of get it down to an absolute kind of plan of what I want at a certain time. Um, and also, like, I will enter other ultra, like, shorter distance ultras in the build up to a big event where I can kind of try out that um, nutrition plan as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest key for me um, because if you're not fueled correctly, you're just going to fade and you, you can't keep your legs turning for 100 miles if you're not, if you're not eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've mentioned about competing there. I think you've, uh, well, I think I know you've had some very successful ultra marathons. So, um, what, what's your placing been like relatively recently, and how have you been finishing and sort of paces and things like that over the big distances? Yeah, I've, um, it's it's been going on, it's been going well. Um, Lakeland hundred for me was my target last year. Um, so I did it in twenty eighteen, um, and. I finished in 26 and a half hours and my target this last year, 2019, um, I I wanted to go under 24. I didn't quite do it. Um, but I actually, my placing came down. I finished the 11th uh, in that field in just over 24 hours. I can't remember the exact time. Yeah. Um, the Autumn 100, I went into a bit blind. Um, that was, uh, it's basically four out and back legs from goring um and i finished fifth there and i was over the moon with that i hadn't I expected to uh, to place anywhere near as high as that um the svp didn't go quite as well last year um i i didn't finish as high as i had the year before but it was after it was literally two weeks after the lateland and I like to challenge myself. Um, I don't think I was ready to go back in and I, I think I went off a bit too hard. And after 30 miles, I was struggling a little bit. Um, and the other one last year, Race to the King, which is one of the threshold events. They do Race to the Stones, Race to the Tower. They think they've got a new one, Race to the Castle, okay. um, coming up this year. And I, I finished third there. Um, and I finished third there three times, and I can't seem to break the uh, the third place. But I'm happy with that. Oh, I can it's, imagine you are. Yeah, over the moon. It's uh, it's just kind of you just I put myself out there just to see what I can do. I don't really think about the placing, um, but I do I do get a bit competitive with it. So, <laughs> but also um, race to the kings a good example. Lakeland's a good example. In these ultra races, you can't go off fast. Um, I don't think. Um, you you have to pace it, and I don't. When I say fast, like you don't want to be going out at the front. Um, the autumn hundreds, another example. I was probably through the first checkpoint in thirty something. I I rarely held back, um, and then I just kept going past people all the way through to the end and finished fifth. I think um, any race you're doing, pacing is one of the key bits of advice I'd yeah. give anyone, irrespective of the distance. Oh, massively. I, there's, there, there are races like 10k and 5k. If you're being competitive, you've got to go off hard. But um, 
yeah, marathon, you need to know what sort of pace you want to be running. And ultras just start slower than you think you want to start. It's, it's very easy as well because you sort of train at a distance of 10 miles or something. Um, you know what your pace is for 10 miles, but you're not doing 10 miles. You're doing 10 times that and you've just got to start steady. You don't have to be on someone's like on the back of their shoes, like who has gone out massively fast. You have to have that confidence that you can make up that time and the places mm. because people have their ups and downs as well so um as long as you're you're fueling right you know that you're fit you've got the confidence that you can kind of tackle the terrain you can absolutely push yourself and you can always make up places it's not it's not rocket science i know that when i um run marathons i always look forward to the rest afterwards um, short of the fact you've just said you ran another ultra two weeks after an ultra, <laughs> what generally speaking would you advise around having a rest after, say, a hundred miler or a hundred k? What what would would it look like for you? Yeah, I wouldn't advise uh, doing a hundred k two weeks after a hundred miles. Definitely, um, I yeah, you, basically I'll take at least a full week off. Um, it varies for everyone. I thing is the more the more I've run I know my body and I know what I can put I know the stress that I can put it under um I I don't pick up too many injuries and if I do I, one physio session kind of sorts it out it's it's generally a tight muscle or something um but yeah I I definitely recommend one to two weeks off at least um I mean the autumn hundreds a good one cuz that was um early October and then I literally just took it easy Um, I just ran when I wanted to for a month after so three three weeks or so three to four weeks just yeah and then just picked it up again Um, yeah I wouldn't book anything in too too quickly Um, unless you really do know your body and then you yeah. can push yourself to whatever limit you know you've got but yeah. I think you're right. There's a key there, isn't it, in what you said there. Everyone's different, everyone's individual. It's mm. about knowing your own body and when to rest them and when you can push. Yeah, you. I mean, after the Bob Graham round, I um, so that if you don't know, the Bob Graham round is a challenge in the Lake District. You have to do 42 peaks in 24 hours. Um, and each of those peaks is over 2,000 um, foot. So it's not easy. Um, I did it in May in I was 23.09 so wow. it, the weather was against us for the second half it, it got quite close I was a bit worried at one point um, and it's you know it's all self-navigational it's not a marked route although you know which peaks you've got to yeah. visit in what order um, and then I did a marathon the week after <laughs> uh, it, it was a Store Valley marathon um, which I wouldn't recommend but I did take it easy, like whereas I have finished third there previously mm. or second. Um, but when you're running the, the big miles that you're running, it, it all becomes relative, doesn't it? As yeah, well, it does. To yeah. So I, I took that easy, and it's just it's just being sensible, really. Mm. If if I know I'm going to pick up an injury, I'd just stop. There's no point in overdoing it. There's some irony um, in that event to a degree in that we're sitting here on uh, Radio Suffolk in Suffolk, which is pretty flat. How on earth do you train or replicate going up peaks and mountains and that sort of elevation? Yeah, it's true. Um, 
I get asked that a lot because a lot of the races that I do um, are quite mountainous um, have a lot of hills and my target for this year is the CCC which is part of the UTMB series in Chamonix in the Alps which you know is anything but running uh, by the River Deben or something but um, yeah I basically I try and get if I can get away I will get away so we we planning uh, my wife likes running as well um, which helps um, so we're planning trips to the Lake District and Derbyshire as well. So just try and do some sort of longer runs out on the, the hills around there. Um, around Suffolk, I do the majority of my running on the trails, um, which helps to build strength massively um, in terms of like core stability, but also your ankles and things like that, which helps for running up and down the hills. Um, if I'm doing a loop or, you know, if I'm planning a route, I'll try and throw in as many hills as possible. Um, it's hard. Um, so this morning, for example, I ran 22 miles, um, managed to get in 850 feet, which is... That's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I need to try and improve that to be about a thousand, I think. Yeah. But in the latest street, you can do a four mile run and do 2000 feet or more. Um, it's crazy. So yeah, it's it's literally just that getting out wherever you can, mm. um, in Suffolk, tackling the hills, the trails, building that strength, um, and I've I've also found over for the past sort of year or so that longer, slower days on my feet still helps to build that strength and and also gives me better speed over the shorter distance which i know sounds absolutely crazy but because you're out there for longer periods of time training um when you translate that into doing a 10k i've found massive gains in my running mm -hmm. because i've built the strength i've built the speed i've got the endurance i know that i can do the distance it's not that daunting um and you know, this year I think I've managed to PB in 10K, five, um, 10K half marathon, marathon. Um, you have yeah. had a pretty special year, I have to say. It's been impressive watching your stats as they've come through. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, not planned, but just off the back of hard work and training, I think. Yeah. So if there are any, any um, budding ultra runners out there listening now... Uh, What's, what sort of advice would you give them around maybe how many miles, and I know this is all relative and individual, but generally how many miles a week people should build to, because I think there's a thought process out of it. If you're going to run 100K, obviously, which is around about 60 miles, people would probably think, oh, I must do a long run that maybe is 45, 50 miles, for example. But there are other ways of doing it, aren't there? Yeah, with my training, I really picked it up when uh I was doing my first longer distance ultra, which was Race to the King, which is a double marathon, 53 miles. Um, and I started to throw in more 10 mile runs. So most days, not most, a few days a week, I'd be going out and doing 10 miles. Yeah. I'd still do the maybe long run like you would in a marathon, um, 20 to 24 miles probably at the weekend. But then I'd try and get out the next day as well and do another 10 mile or 12 mile. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be fast. It's just time on your feet. Yep. And it's also um, it's, it's that mental 
state that we were talking about earlier of knowing that you can go out and do it. Your legs might feel tired, but if you can get out there and do it, you've got a little mental win there. And it's those little things that will help you when it actually comes to doing the um, the event or whatever race that you're doing. Um, I don't do crazy long runs on my own. I've done a few little challenges um, a few times a year, uh, like the Sandlings Walk from Ipswich to Southwold. It's like 57 miles-ish. Um, but I wouldn't do that as just a training run for me that's like more of a challenge um i think if you if you try and do two bigger runs like 40 50 miles in training you're just going to tie yourself out over the next few days so you've got to be quite sensible about it but definitely for me upping that distance on a weekly basis so um I don't know, it, it varies. It depends how much time you've got and what what you're doing, essentially. But for me, going from like 50 miles a week to 70, 80 miles a week has just seen me make bigger gains in my running, um, just through the fitness, the strength, just everything that you're getting out of it. Um, but you don't have to go crazy. Um, you can still do, you know, you still go out and do eight miles or whatever works for you but back-to-back long runs definitely work um you don't need you don't need to be doing like 30 40 miles at a time um i would i do like to throw in a few events though in the build-up because that just gives me the confidence so if i'm doing uh 100 miles i'll throw in a like race to the king 53 miles and i'm you know i i've done it in the weeks before and I've already got that kind of confidence that I can run that far. So it's just the, the next section of it. Sounds great. Um, so one last question. And you already mentioned at the start that you were a DJ, an avid DJ in your younger days. So uh, what would you have down as your perhaps inspirational or go-to running track for a little bit of motivation? Cool. Yeah, so I used to DJ a lot. Um, kind of pre-running days. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, when I start to try and get fit um and i guess i i've always grown i've grown up with a really eclectic mix of music um so when i'm out i might listen to some trance or some house music from those sort of dj days but i also try and keep up with whatever's around and i just make playlists so um i really like mumford and sons um and some of their like energetic tracks are good for getting you going so I think Mumford and Sons I Will Wait is one of my uh, my favourite running tracks. All right, well, Tom Wait, thanks very much, and wait no longer. Here it comes. Cheers, thank you. Thank you for listening to Run or Cycle Events podcast. Follow us at www.runorcycleevents.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. 